Welcome to Crossroads, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and Christian living. Crossroads is part of the media ministry at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. Get to know us by visiting us online at fapc.org. Hi, I'm Jamie Staley, Director of Christian Education at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. This fall, we have been talking about things that give us joy. Uh, It's been a hard last year and a half to two years. um, And so I wanted to make our theme a little bit lighter this fall. Uh, We've been talking about the uh, theology of play uh, in September. In October, we looked at faith in the Marvel Universe Uh, Last month, we spent some time talking about uh, finding God in C.S. Lewis' Chronicles of Narnia. And this month, I'm really excited to be digging into the final frontier, talking about faith in Star Trek. Uh, Joining me today is Reverend Ashley Dittar Burt, who is an ordained Presbyterian minister. Uh, She is currently the co-director for the Center for Jubilee Practice and also co-director for Affirming Youth Ministries. And she is a self-proclaimed Trekkie. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Ashley. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this. Oh, me too. Um, What do you love about Star Trek? Why do you find it so fascinating? Oh, boy. Um, I I love (laughs) Star Trek. I've loved Star Trek since I was maybe about in middle school, high school. Um... Because I think it says so much about who we are and what our hopes are for the future. Um, and as as I was younger, I think I think I watched it and thought a lot about the ways that it talked about sort of like what we wanted in the future, um, how the world could be, how people, our different beings, because uh, not everyone on the on, in the Star Trek universe identifies as people. They're not all humans. Um, but how mm-hmm. different uh, beings could relate and get along or not get along. Um, and the ways that uh, worlds could be explored and conflicts could be navigated and whatnot. And how things would be new and exciting, but also issues would be really timeless. And now as an adult, uh, the revisiting some of the older episodes of things or even some of the older movies, one of the things that really sticks out to me is the way that it talks about not just what our hopes for the future have been, but also how it relates to who we are and who we were when we created mm. these series. Um, I think it's really interesting mm. when we look at the different Star Trek shows and the different movies and whatnot um how it's like oh it's like this creation for like a better world and like like this brand new future and it's like right but like who's in charge in the brand new future like why are there so many <laughs> white men still in charge where are the gay people where are the trans people where are like most of the people of color and so like it's it's showing this brand new world but it's still showing our limitations but it's still showing like our hopes and where we're at and where we need to go at the same time and it shows like all of these mm. interesting uh, issues that we're sort of wrestling with, and I'm I'm, I'm t- super curious about like the new ones that are coming out. I just love the the interplay of those things. 
uh, all mixed together. Mm. And also, like, who doesn't love space? Space is cool. <laughs> who doesn't love space? As, not in that, like, <laughs> that, like, Jeff Bezos, I'm going to be, like, elitist about it. But, like, who doesn't love space? <laughs> I want to hang out it's on some true. stars. It's true. <laughs> do you have a favorite of the series I, in Star Trek? I do. I am a big Voyager <laughs> fan, and I feel like no one is a big Voyager <laughs> fan. I think I've met like two does, people. That does surprise me. Who are actual Voyager fans? Most of the people I know are actually Next Generation fans. Um, I've <laughs> seen some Next Generation. My introduction was that like my friends watch Next Generation. My father watched it a little bit. Um, I got introduced on some of those movies. So I've seen, like, First Contact. I've seen Generations. I forget what channel was showing. I think it was, like... I want to say Voyager was on, like, CBS and then maybe moved to, like, UPN or CW or whatever it was at that time. Mm. But it was, like, on the same channel at some point where, like, a lot of the black shows were happening. And so, like, it, like I ended up watching that, and then I ended up sort of, after the fact, like, trying to catch up on it. And I, I kind of fell in love with that. It's, like, the one that actually has, like, a female captain. It's, I, I don't know about the more recent ones, but it's, like, the first one to ever have a Native American person portrayed on it. And, like, mm. that's... A sort of mixed bag there too. Uh, it has my favorite character in all of the Star Trek universe, which is Belana Torres, um, who, when I was younger, resonated on one level and like now resonates on like multiple levels. I have to tell you, I really enjoyed Discovery, and as I've you were just so saying, many good you know, with Voyager it. having the female captain, that the Discovery also has a couple female captains yes! and 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 a lot of people of color and um, couple trans characters we finally have a trans character gay character yes finally yes yes why did it take so long <laughs> i i don't know i mean that, that's i know um, why yeah. it took discovery so long. is great so i i'm excited for my next question actually because with your I, I think we've watched different star treks yes. which is great because i think this will really add to the conversation Two of my favorite characters in Star Trek are Spock and um, Data, and neither of them are human, but they teach us so much about being human. Um, I know you mentioned your favorite series is Voyager. In what ways do you see, and particularly in Voyager, what ways do you see Star Trek teaching us more about what it means to be human, um, and then in turn, uh, teaching us about God? Yeah. Um, I love that your favorite characters are are Spock and Data. And my favorite character is Milana Torres, who is half-human. Um, she is yeah. also Klingon. And mm -hmm. and I love I love that information in, in light of this question, because so much of her character is her wrestling with her humanity and her Klingon self. And so, like, mm. like that's her entire... Not her entire character arc, but that's so much of her character arc. And having to sort of accept her non-human part of herself and in that i think it says a lot about her humanity and her like accepting the totality of what it means for her to be a person and i i think that's so beautiful i think so much of voyager is just these characters like uh, for those who have never watched it or have only like seen like little bits and pieces of it because like i said 
nobody's favorite is Voyager. Um, and if yours <laughs> is, like, high, uh, oral high five. Um, virtual, virtual high five. High five. Um, but the whole thing is that you have essentially these folks who are stranded in the Delta Quadrant, so they're, like, hundreds and thousands and thousands of miles away and, like, light years away from everything and with no hope of getting home. So they're essentially, like, lost in the wilderness. And so much of that show is these characters who are essentially on their own personal journeys and on, like, I hate to say redemption arcs because, like, I don't necessarily think that they need them, but they're sort of on these personal redemption arcs. And it's, I think so much of it is around this idea of having to wrestle with what it means to be yourself and what it means mm. to be out in like this big, vast void of the universe and to deal with your, your own personhood and your place in the world and what it means to deal with the good things and the bad things and the complicated things that you've done and what your place in the world is and what your place on the crew is and all of these things and how and and what that means for you and what that means for other people and it's so much around individual meaning making so much around communal meaning making and it reminds me so much of like what it means to have relationships with ourselves and with God and with each other of trying to figure out like what does it mean to have faith and to have a place in this this great world and and I, I not to not to cross fandoms here um but I'm also a Beyonce fan and and uh, as a Presbyterian uh, a slight Calvinist and as Calvin might paraphrase, and as Beyonce has in her Lemonade video, God is God and I am not. Um, and and when I, I think about that, it's, it's sort Love of this it. idea of like, well, if God is God and I am not, well, who am I? And I think mm. there's like such a wrestling of that in, mm. in Star Trek, particularly in Voyager, where you have these folks who whose lives are sort of, de I don't want to say devoid of meaning, because they're not devoid of meaning, but they're, they they mm -hmm. don't have any kind of outside context to give their lives meaning because they're not with their family, they're not with Starfleet, they're not with their home planets, like, there's, there's nothing. And so when they have nothing mm -hmm. else except for each other, and for some of them, Faith, because Faith comes up a lot in that show, um, how do you reconcile yourself how do you figure out what your life is and what it means and i think that parallels faith journey so much hmm. absolutely that's interesting you know you're bringing back so many memories um my, my mom's favorite star trek is voyager hey! <laughs> and so <laughs> yay and so that's you're bringing back all these memories with as you're talking about the show i had forgotten that there was a faith aspect um in this and i think that it's more in this series than it is in any of the it, others it comes up um, so much another thing that that plays throughout the star trek universe in all of the different series is the idea of loving your neighbor um and whether that is 
in the utopian society that has been planted on earth or I don't know the word I'm looking for there, but wh whether it's on earth or out in the Federation, the, um, the idea that's, uh, that, that, that is what all of Starfleet is supposed to do. Um, can you think of any specific examples of how you think, uh, that, that aspect of the Starfleet, <laughs> Starfleet and the alien planets, um, fits within the mold of the Christian idea of loving one's neighbor? Yes. Um, so, like, Voyager specifically, I think, does a pretty fantastic job at that just from the get-go, because the whole premise of that, in addition to the fact that, like, they get sort of thrown into the Delta Quadrant that's super, super, super far away, but the whole idea is that the reason that th this happens is you have a Starfleet ship who is trailing, um, essentially, like this rebel mercenary group called the Maquis. And they end up going through some kind of anomaly. And therefore the Starfleet ship goes through some kind of anomaly and they end up on the wrong side of it. And they end up having to, they end up all coming together. Uh, Cause it's the only way they're going to survive and they end up teaming up. Mm -hmm. And so you have not only folks who are, uh, from different species and different planets and whatnot, but literally folks who are on the opposite sides of a conflict. Like you have, you have one group who are essentially like a team of rebels, um, freedom fighter, terrorists, that kind of situation. Like the words you yeah. use all depends on which side you're on kind of situation. Um, yeah. Yep. And like, if the early episodes are dealing with, like, that exact kind of conflict of, like, how do you, how do you learn to get along with people who, like, by your very nature, you don't trust, which I think plays right into that love your neighbor's story, because when we go back to, like, when we go back even to, like, the idea of, like, um, biblical stories like the Good Samaritan, um, and I, I will preach this sermon till I die. Uh, this is my, one of my favorite things about scripture. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. When we look at the story of the good Samaritan, the point of that, one of the major points of that story is that Jews and Samaritans did not get along. And so when we talk about like, oh, are you the good Samaritan? Like, like, we're not just talking about like, oh, it's like, this is about people who helped each other. Like, no, this story is as if like a KKK member got hurt on the street and a black person came and helped him. Like these people don't like each other. And like, you have to take that into consideration. These are folks who are diametrically opposed to one another and they find ways to help anyway. And the Samaritan is the one who's actually putting themselves at risk in this scenario. And so when we look at, at, at things like that in the Bible, and then we look at something like, like this, this Maquis Federation situation where they're put in a situation where they have to get along, even though, um, even though like you are so far away from the Alpha Quadrant and Starfleet still has all the power and the Maquis are the ones who are trying to like catch up and they're still showing trust in that situation and they're still trying to find ways to be good neighbors and to not like mutiny, um, and to give hmm. each other the benefit of the doubt, like, that's that's legit real. And so I think like that's a good scenario. Well, another thing that I was thinking about um that I have thought was interesting is is the idea of you know 
kind of an eco-theology within Star Trek. And, you know, not only the care for the Earth that they've left behind, but the decisions that they make um, with planets and also with people, um, but with planets and the idea that, you know, Starfleet doesn't go to planets that are going to be hurt by them appearing and all that interesting, um, all that interesting stuff. Any thoughts on, on that, that aspect of Star Trek? Yeah, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the idea that like they never intentionally cause harm. They cause harm. Yes. Um, I, I don't remember what it was. I remember watching a TV show a long time ago. It might have been Adam Ruins Everything or something like that, like some kind of pop thing. Um, <laughs> but essentially, they were talking about the idea that simply by existing on the Earth, human beings change it. Like, we don't, we don't mm-hmm. have to intentionally mean to do anything, but just our existence causes change. And I feel like the show does a really good job of sort of replicating that aspect where like mm. folks folks will explore different planets and like they don't mean for a wall of rocks to fall down it just so happened that something went wrong and the wall of rocks fell down um yeah but th- that's still very different than going somewhere and deciding that, like, oh, we're going to take resources or we're going to, like, use this as a colony. Like, there's no colonization happening. And in fact, like, there's, like, one of the major conflicts across series is with the Borg, which are actively trying to, like, take over and colonize everyone. And they're very much against that. They're not trying to do that. They see value in... in land getting to exist as they do and cultures getting to exist as they do and trying to help folks and i i I don't remember exactly what the circumstances were but i there was one episode i remember watching where there were like a group of people who just wanted to be like left alone Mm -hmm. and like they had gone down because they thought the planet was uninhabited and there was a material that they needed and they thought no one was there and they're like oh somebody's here okay, cool. Uh, we will touch nothing. We're sorry. Mm. We'll leave your stuff alone. Also, it seems like you didn't want anyone to know you were here. Would you like some help in being more invisible? And so, like, wow. like it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this, is, this is the total opposite. So it's like, okay, we'll leave all of your land alone. We, in fact, will help you make sure that your land is more protected. So that every, mm-hmm. like, you, your people, your land, everybody gets to be in peace. And it's like, whoa, imagine, imagine if, like, anybody in the real life had that mentality of, mm-hmm. all right, what if we just left things alone? And if, if, like, that's what folks wanted. Or if, like, nobody was bothering stuff, mm-hmm. we just left it to not be bothered. And we only actually bothered things if we actually really, really needed a resource to continue on surviving. What a world that mm. could be. Mm. Another aspect that I have been thinking about in regards to um, Star Trek and is the idea of, of pacifism um, and the idea within Star Trek, but then also within our faith that um, calls us to peace um, where do you see that aspect in 
Star Trek or Voyager specifically. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day, like after you asked me to do this, because on the one hand, like every essentially everything they're doing is is very diplomatic. It's all peacekeeping. Um, they have weapons. They do. But they don't tend to use the like they don't use they don't strike first for the most part. I don't I don't really mm, recall ever seeing them strike first. Um And so on the one hand, you have like you have this like very calm attitude of like we are here to explore, we are here to meet people, we are here for um, for growth and for development. And on the other hand, you have folks who are prepared in case something does go south. And this, this is slightly different than the question that you asked. But when I was thinking about that, it's like, why does that sound familiar to me? And it sounds familiar to me um, in that, like, wait a minute, that's sort of the technique that, like, the Black Panthers use. Hmm. Um, which I feel like... Because I, I think it gets brought up in the show with, with a, a few times where they're sort of walking around and, like, an unfamiliar species meets them and it's like, wait, why do you have guns? And it's like, they're like, you said you're peaceful, why do you have guns? It's like, in case something happens. And it's like, but, mm. but like, if you, were, if you were expecting things to be peaceful, why did you bring guns here? And it's like, because we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And it feels very similar to, like, to, like, the Black Panther thing of, like, look y'all have guns like we're not here we're not here trying to start stuff like we're here trying to make things better yeah. but um if things go south we're not going to be the only ones here without a way to protect ourselves um yeah. and so like i sort of seeing that it's like oh that's really interesting and i don't i don't think it meets this definition of like very pure pacifism um, I have not studied pacifism, mm -hmm. so don't quote me on that. I'm sure there are folks who have, who could probably teach me a thing or two. But just this idea of, like, we are not going to be the ones to start the conflict. And we are not necessarily going to go out looking for conflict. We are going to go out looking to try and make the world a better place. But if we have to defend ourselves, we need to be prepared to do so. Hmm. Um... I think is very much embedded in that show and I think it's very much embedded in our lives both in like that, that sense but also I think that's that kind of makes sense even from like a biblical standpoint I mean how much of the bible is a bunch of people who have been attacked over and over and over again and have to find a way to like protect themselves and survive like this is not a new conflict where else do you see uh, theology in the Star Trek universe. Uh, so it's freaking everywhere. It's I'm so glad that you just have that question <laughs> point blank. It's freaking everywhere. Um, so like Q for starters is literally just mm. a god figure that is almost omnipowerful. That go I know Q is in Next Gen. Q shows up in yep. Voyager as well. I don't. I don't know if Q was in Deep Space Nine. Q might also be in Deep Space Nine. I've only seen, like, one episode of Deep Space Nine, can't so I remember. can't remember. Um, but even, like, a, 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 an, omni an omni almost omnipowerful figure that takes the form of different bodies 
and like has the name Q and like whose pronouns are Q who lives in Q and like goes across different <laughs> different places and at some point shows up and asks Captain Janeway to help it to help have children gee that sounds familiar um so there's literally that like <laughs> just there's that but then even in Voyager, like, there's some, like, very specific instances. So there's one character who is from the Delta Quadrant who, I believe, Neelix, um, who has... Mm. It's not even a near-death experience. I think, he, like, he dies. And mm. when he... And he is brought back to life. And when he's brought back to life, he has to confront this idea that the story that he has been told about the afterlife... Um, is not what he experiences in the time that he is dead. And he has a huge, he's a crisis of faith to wow. the point where, like, he wants to be dead again. Like, he oh, has, wow. like, a, he has, a, like, a loss of his sense of self over this. And, like, it's really, like, I, it's really kind of painful to watch. Mm. Um, and really moving. Mm. Because you're, like, you have this sci, like, this sci-fi show that's really they're not all lighthearted, but it's like a lighter show and dealing with yeah. like exploration and, and like running <laughs> away from things and the Borg and, and, and the, the, the Kazon <laughs> yes. and the Romulans. And then you have like this guy who's like going through illegitimate crisis of faith, which is the same thing that I've seen like so many mm. parishioners and so many colleagues and so many classmates go through. And this is happening at what, like seven, eight o'clock at night on your TV. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is like so serious. Or like even with like Bellana, oh who is wrestling with with her dual identity, which uh, I think is absolutely incredible. And as a, as a woman of color um, who is dealing with being in a majority white situation uh schooling situation and then also uh denomination mm -hmm. like definitely resonate with that yeah. as somebody who's bisexual definitely resonated with that um but then mm -hmm. like her her experience with that and like getting in touch with her like the spirituality of her being Klingon like there's episodes that deal directly mm -hmm. with that and like folks not understanding her reconnecting with like her her faith and spirituality of her Klingonness, and mm. and like trying to get it, but not fully embracing it in a way that, and like not understanding why she's embracing it. Like there, it's not even, it's not even metaphorical. Sometimes like they're hitting it head on. On yeah. this show that's supposed to be about like science and space, and they're like, they're not even acting like these things are separate because they're not. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's something I've really enjoyed about Star Trek is I feel like, you know, it it really does deal with all sorts of different issues, not, ju not just the exploration of space, but it does. It, it brings in all sorts of things. Once again, I'm just going to say Discovery. Oh, um, see, this is, this is uh, the best commercial. Like, I just got to watch it. You got to watch it, Ashley. I got to figure I, I, I got to find a way to watch this. Should I be paid by that? Huh? I feel like they need to pay me. I feel like they should pay me for this. Um, it's... You know, it, it, it does the same thing that you're talking about, where it just really dives deep into um, 
all sorts of different things. You know, that, that question we talked about earlier about what it means to be human is looked at in a completely different way in discovery because it's more modern than it was looked at with Spock, who, you know, was was not human, but he explored, you know, his his half human side of what 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 do emotions mm-hmm. look like? Um, and then and then Data, who is farther along and, uh, you know, his desire to be human um, and then these more modern ones really take like a real deep dive into that. It, one of the things I've loved, um, so data in, um, in, I'm just going to give you a couple spoilers. I hope that's okay. Um, data in, uh, in the, well, in the end of the last, in the end of the canon, he, he dies. Um, and in, uh, in the most recent Picard series, uh, he's there at the end and he's, he struggles um he meets picard in a different plane and uh within that plane um he he's he's talking to picard and picard is talking about you know the possibility of bringing him back and what would it look like to you know data could come back and and data says that he's always wanted to be human and the most human thing that he can do is die that's so beautiful um and just the yeah just the depth of like looking into that aspect of of what it means you know to have faith and to be human i just feel like these shows have really um they cover a lot you know for real i think they do oh well thank you so much for this conversation i um i've really enjoyed uh reconnecting with star trek this year uh just through um all sorts of things um and uh I love being able to look at it from a different perspective. So thank you. I'm going to have to go back and watch Voyager because I have not watched Voyager since probably like middle school or high school. Um, so I'm going to have to go take take a look at it's that. It's on Hulu. And you're going to have to go watch Discovery. All so right, so we, we can trade we off. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so thank you so much for joining me, and thank you, uh, friends at home, for joining us this fall uh, to talk about uh, some things that are a little bit more light. Thank you for listening to Crossroads. Managing editor, Jamie Staley. And editors, Vashina Brisbane, Kelly Picayo, and Emily Dombroff. <laughs>